0: The following podcast contains explicit language.
1: Hi, I'm Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special on Baby Mama. I'm talking with Pamela Paul, who's an author and journalist whose new book uh, Parenting, Inc. is about the what would you say, Pamela, the commodification of American parenthood? The
0: exploitation of American parents by the parenting industry.
1: She's written about a variety of other social, cultural issues and um, parenting issues. So, um, Pamela, I thought you were the perfect person to bring along to this movie about surrogacy. Let's briefly summarize. I think it's pretty obvious from the title and the cast description what what Baby Mom is about, but can you give a a brief plot summary?
0: Sure. Well, you've got Tina Fey as the um, stereotypical uh, aging 30s career woman who suddenly finds that she is single and um, infertile. And she hires Amy Poehler, who is the um, working class you sort of ne'er-do-well, unemployed mama for hire, who she hires to have a baby for her.
1: Okay, and we can talk in, in a little bit about how things go south and how their this surrogacy relationship gets complicated, but you know ultimately also becomes a kind of fragile friendship. But let's just let's get right to the heart of things and ask, why? When we, we were both looking forward to seeing this movie, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, fairly high expectations that it would at the very least be a delightful, funny Rob, with some good laughs in it. So, why did we walk out so
0: disenchanted and why is the movie so disappointingly bland? Well, you know, it was funny because despite a couple of surprises, it was basically entirely predictable from the casting. Um, you have, you know, Sigourney Weaver as sort of like the uptight corporate uh, woman. You have Holland Taylor, ever the, you know, waspy mother in law. You have Greg Kinnear, who's been playing this role since was the Nora Ephron movie with Meg Ryan. You've got mail? You've got mail, right. Um, um so he's always sort of like the wishy-washy semi-attractive kind of bland love interest.
1: Who ends up in this movie, though, in fact, unlike in You've Got Mail, where he's thrown over in favor of Tom Hanks, he actually ends up with Tina Fey and is sort of the catch that she makes at the end.
0: Right, although he relinquishes all of his sort of political and and professional um, ambitions and (laughs) positions in the process.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you can't talk about why this movie is bland and boring without almost immediately getting into kind of gender and sexual and parenting politics, because ultimately this movie was so surprisingly conservative. You know, I mean, having heard that it was going to be a comedy about a single woman seeking a surrogate mother, with Tina Fey and Mepolli, I had sort of imagined that at the very least it would be it would be nominally progressive, that it would sort of be endorsing um, the idea of alternate families and different ways of of creating your family. But in the end, this ends up being a movie that's pro corporate. The uh, Whole Food style um, corporate grocery chain that Tina Fey is the very successful vice president of ends up taking over this this big um, public space that Greg Kinnear's little fruit fruit juice shop is in. And uh, as in You've Got Mail, that's, that's kind of completely endorsed by the movie. It's, it ends up just being absolutely fine that, you know, this corporate giant has taken over. And by the same token, all these people who are sort of struggling to figure out how to have alternative families end up in heterosexual, monogamous relationships with biological children, who we all see happily cavorting under the final credits.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think that it's in line with basically all these movies that are supposedly about, you know, alternative parenthood slash quote-unquote abortion, um, you know, never to be named slash fertility, infertility, You're adoption movies. talking about the movies. recent spate of these movies. Right, right. You have, you know, um, they're all supposedly go out on this limb, you know, and then they end up with this incredibly traditional finale. So you have, you know, the big thing about Knocked Up was like, oh, my God, they actually showed her vagina, you know, giving birth. Of course, it was like completely Brazilian, um, you know, <laughs> she, she looked like a newborn, you know, babe herself down there. Um, and then you had uh, Juno, you know, which, again, was supposed to be, you know, ever so daring. And, of course, the, you know, girl gives up the baby for adoption. Um, Granted, it goes to a single mom, but, you know, nonetheless, a a fairly traditional ending. And then, you know, here you have supposedly, you know, a woman hiring someone out for surrogacy, which has all kinds of really interesting class issues, potentially, uh, which are exploited ever so lightly um, and blandly. Well, in how the does movie. class
1: fit into the movie? I mean, obviously, you know, Tina Fey is this wealthy corporate executive who can afford to hire someone else to bear her child. But I mean,
0: well, that was interesting, too, actually, because in the movie, they had it be it looked like it was a $100,000 deal. Whereas, you know, the truth is that um, this average cost for, for hiring a surrogate in this country is about 20,000, 25,000. So they completely exaggerated the class differences um, in the movie and then, you know, failed to really exploit it, so...
1: Right. Well, there's a lot of humor derived from the fact that Amy Poehler's character actually moves in with Tina Fey. She gets dumped by her husband early on, her sort of comic white trash husband, played by Dax Shepard, and has to move in with Tina Fey. So it also becomes sort of a roommate-girlfriend relationship comedy between the two of them. And I think this was this was something that was sort of sadly unexploited. I mean, there was sort of no texture to, to their characters. We know that one's rich and one's poor, Right. And they have different tastes in, in music, I guess. But. Right. But
0: it was like a very distilled, odd couple, you know, like, OK, one's sloppy and the other one's neat. You know, one eats ho and the other one eats, um, you know, raw food, although then not really. They sort of have Tina Fey go out to the vegan restaurant, but then, you know, they don't want her to be too unlikable. So they then have it turn out that she's actually a real meat eater. You know, and in the same way, they try to have it seem like Amy Poehler is this total, like, you know, uneducated, um, you know, horrible uh, potential surrogate mother who smokes while pregnant. But then, of course, they never actually show her smoking on screen. So it's the whole thing is played so safely. Do you think that that's a choice? I mean, did, that it's
1: just purely a market choice? I mean, that was one of my thoughts about Knocked Up, which I think at least tried at times to be a little bit more daring or edgy or just simply interesting and funny and smart than this movie but you know ultimately toes the line it has to say shmushmortion and not abortion you know that has to be tiptoed around and ultimately people have to raise their babies with the person they conceive the baby with and and be happy but this movie I think is even even less daring in a way
0: you know what I think maybe it was a fear that here they are casting you know Tina Fey and Amy Poehler who granted our SNL stars but we all know how well um SNL movies fare um, in the theater. And so I think that maybe there was this fear that, okay, that's the sort of most daring thing about it, that you have them cast as the two leads. So let's sort of pad it with every possible, you know, middle America, you know, safety net mechanism that we can in order to ensure, you know, some possibility of box office success. Yeah, it's almost
1: you and I were saying that this movie, which I had expected might be sort of trying to be a a female one-upmanship of the kind of Judd Apatow school of of movie comedy, that it might be, for example, really... um, politically incorrect or really sort of, you know, have a lot of gross-out jokes or have something that was sort of wildly offensive. And instead, we were walking out saying, gee, you could really take your grandmother to see this at the mall. You right. Know?
0: I mean, like, the shit versus chocolate thing, that was supposed to be, like, the most thing. Oh, can you explain thing. that gag? Although everyone's probably seen it in a trailer. <laughs> it, you know, and the fact nice. is, is, like, any mom who's dealt with a dirty diaper, like, shit doesn't look anything like chocolate, <laughs> let's face it. You know? <laughs> I don't
1: Wait, think... That... you've got to explain that gag. Oh, there's okay, a moment with so... More tyranny. Right, Maura who tyranny, you think is sadly underused in the movie. Sadly
0: underused. I mean, she, she has such a potential to I do. She's such a great actress, and uh, she's supposed to sort of been the been there, done that mom. Um, she's the sister of Tina Fey, and she's got like two or three kids running around. It's never really very clear, so she's sort of like the Leslie Mann of uh, of this movie, the equivalent from Knocked Up. And her kid uh, comes up, and he's got some brown stuff on her arm, and she says, "Oh, is that shit?" Or is it, you know, well, I don't think she's a shit. She says, "Is that poop or is it chocolate?" And then proceeds to lick it. You know, much to Tina Fey's disgust, um, and that's supposed to I guess sort of symbolize the sacrifices of, you know, a motherhood. Anyone can tell the difference between shit and <laughs> chocolate. So.
1: Since we're here to do a spoiler special, let's spoil a couple things about the movie. Let's talk about some reveals that I can't give in my review. As we know, Tina
0: Fey's character does
1: end up pregnant at the
0: end of the movie. Well, wait, right? wait, wait. First, we have to say that Amy Poehler isn't actually pregnant. Oh, right. That's the right? first that big twist. She, That's the first big twist the we thing. Um, And that was actually, that was a surprise, genuinely. I did not realize that she wasn't actually pregnant.
1: And that could have gone in an interesting direction as well. So there's a whole period where we the audience believe that Amy Poehler is not pregnant and is, is faking the pregnancy. Everybody's wondering why she's not showing and saying, oh, you look so wonderful for 14 weeks, but it turns out that she's just you know scamming Tina Fey for the money this whole time, something that was instigated by her or her husband, Dak Shepard. But then there's a second reveal where she goes, she thinks that the jig is up because she goes for a sonogram with Tina Fey and, you know, thinks that it's all going to be discovered. Then it turns out, switch the tables, she actually is pregnant, um, but we think that it's not Tina Fey's egg anymore, right? right. Actually, there's this... the mystery
0: of, like, who's the dad, who's the mom, because, right. you know, was it from the IVF or was it from her sort of, uh, you know, shady boyfriend?
1: And there's a moment right there where there could have been some interesting questions about surrogacy, because if you imagine being in the position of someone who hired a surrogate who you want to have... Have a baby, and then it turns out they're having the wrong baby. What do you do? Right, right? like I mean,
0: the next you know generation baby M controversy.
1: And this, and this movie sort of assumes that of course that would be a complete betrayal, and you would never want that child. But if you wanted a child enough, why wouldn't you just say, "Fine, give me your baby"? But it doesn't. really Right, how turn different into is that? that from adoption? You know? I think this movie is very um, pro biological child, and it. it does not seriously consider adoption as a as a possibility. Although they give a reason that Tina Fey thinks it would take too long. But, you know, there really is a sense in this movie that having your own biological child with the genetic material that you choose is really, really important that I think a lot of adoption advocates or, you know, um, people who use fertility technologies could find really annoying and offensive. You
0: know, then there was like the sort of the moment where the shit hits the fan for everyone and it's like, you know. Tina Fey breaks up with Craig Kinnear, and the baby doesn't turn out to be hers, and she, you know, she she's not pregnant anymore, and Amy Poehler doesn't know what to do because she's no longer able to stay at Tina Fey's house, and then you sort of have the, you know, everybody's got the blues montage. Um, Which I love don't... that you
1: point out that every romantic comedy has to have this montage that cuts from one character to the next as we see how they're all depressed by whatever the, the latest plot development was. Right,
0: right, but like, again, like, the, you know, it was so unoriginal, like, the Craig Kinnear character, like, his montage is him training some employee at his little smoothie shop and the you know person forgets to put the top on the blender and the fruit smoothie goes everywhere and it's like oh my god how many times have we wah, seen that <laughs> one of those kind of jokes
1: we should also point out actually as we're trashing the script that Tina Fey didn't write this movie to my surprise I just had sort of assumed with all the hype that it was a Tina Fey movie like Mean Girls but she wasn't responsible at least she's not credited for any of the writing it was written and directed by a Saturday Night Live writer named Michael McCullers who's right. never made a movie before so in a strange way I mean this is not the next step Tina Fey's career. It's just a comedy in which she plays a starring role.
0: And, and you would think that even if you know Tina and Amy hadn't written it together, which I thought you know, maybe it was a collaborative thing, that there would be a lot of improvisational moments, but I didn't get that sense at all. It seemed very, very canned. With
1: one exception, and maybe that will lead us to our one point of um, disagreement about the movie, I thought that Steve Martin's small role as the um, executive of this, this Whole Foods-like corporation was really funny and was one of the high points of the movie. And then when I when I mentioned it to you, you, you told me um, of, about the, the Steve Martin Challenge. Can you tell right. me Right. Well,
0: you know, that? I mean, I, I think you're in trouble when Steve Martin is the funniest thing in a movie these days because <laughs> Dana Stevens, you know, we disagree also on Keanu Reeves, who she, she's an apologist for Keanu Reeves, but I, I I said, you know, take the Steve Martin Challenge and I, I really dare you to go back and and look up some movie that you originally thought Steve Martin was in and thought was funny and, and rewatch it, you know, whether it's, you know, Bullfinger or L.A. Story. It, it, you'll just be completely stony-faced and, and, and cringe through the entire thing.
1: <laughs> I actually would rather not take you up on the challenge because that's probably true and then whatever warm feeling I have remaining for Steve Martin would just be would just disappear but whether it's because he had some input into the writing of this character or just that he he can be a really skilled performer for this kind of this kind of comic character I just I welcomed when he when he came onto the screen right. I thought that he was the only it was the only character that was not completely recognizable from a host of other romantic comedies. I mean, Tina Fey is completely in the Diane Keaton from Baby Boom sort of tradition. You know, Amy Poehler is the white trash character that she plays
0: on SNL all the time. And it's, you know, also ubiquitous in, in various movies. Well, I think we counted like, what, like four times where you sort of, we sort of cracked a smile, like maybe started to laugh. And and two of them were with Steve Martin, and they were both involving a snail. So maybe we shouldn't spoil that. <laughs> yeah, I won't quote my favorite line
1: from the movie, which Steve Martin says, just so that, you know, you can possibly get some, some bit of enjoyment. But would you say if someone was, you you know, really interested in the topic of surrogacy or was really a Tina Fey fan, should they still step out and see baby mama?
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I'm a big fan of seeing really bad movies. So um. <laughs> You're pro-bad movies, except for the I think, you trends. know, it's, it's, it's important to, to, to absorb um, the sort of crappiness out there in order to appreciate the good. So, you know, in the same way that, you know, knocked up, steered clear of abortion, you know, that made you appreciate four months, three weeks, two days, all the more.
1: Well, Pamela Paul, thank you very much for joining me for this Slate Spoiler Special. Thank you so much. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens.